Hello and welcome to the Clock and Talk, an Arsenal podcast, and we're covering for fuck's sake. Good job, me and Schwinn are a lot more prepared than you, because if we came on and went, oh yeah, we didn't watch the game either, we was on the piss, it'd be a pretty shit podcast. Well, Mesut is the best number 10 in the Premier League. Yeah, that all looks good on paper, but there's never been a football match played on paper, so it's not really worth much. I'm going to make a bold prediction that Jack Wilshere will sign for West Ham United. It's time to start watching football with your eyes. I think people listen to what the commentator's saying and have that as their own opinion. But if you watch what's going on, you'll see things a lot clearer. Schwinn, who do you think is going to win the Golden Boot? I think Alexis Sanchez may do a number on that this year. (laughs) Okay. Tony talks about a clock being right twice a day. Tez is right every day. Right from five, lads. Fucking beauty! Hello and welcome to the Clock End Talk. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. You can follow us on Twitter at clockend underscore talk. We're also on Facebook and the podcast will come out on YouTube and all good podcast apps. So hit fucking subscribe, you bunch of cunts. Um, okay, each and every week I'm joined by two arseholes of the world, um, Tony and Schwinn, and they are with me this week. How are we, Tony? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, I'm so bored without Arsenal. I've watched so much football that just feel shit um and we've still got another t- over two weeks to go uh so painful time to be an arsenal fan but i'm good very good and schwinn i believe you've traveled halfway around the world and to shitsville and now you're back again mate uh, i am back indeed um to be honest i'm not too arsed about no arsenal uh the last two three weeks have been all about arsenal so it's good to have a break from all that and the results have been very, very good while I was away. So that works out well as well. And it's just good to, you know, get everything else in, in order while we wait on the next game. So welcome break, if you ask me. Yeah, um, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of missing the football, but we've had the NRL start over here this weekend. So that's kept me busy as well as having a punt on the GGs. So, um, and the F1 Did was you, also uh, on get Cheltenham over there or were you talking about Australian racing? Uh, yeah, well, I did get a bit of that over there. I, had a, I, had a, I did have a look at your couple of horses. I was... It's fucking weird, your horse racing. It's so weird. Um, it was a, a track that I was... It must have been, obviously, Cheltenham. Uh, the track where the... Uh, oh, it's hurdles. Is it hurdles? They jump over yeah, the Yeah, Cheltenham jumps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're racing next to the fucking hurdles. I'm like, what the fuck's this shit? Yeah. No, it was... Um, I did have a couple of bets there, but I uh, did no good, so it's very hard. Uh, well, you got a tip for us? It's finished now. I can give. I can tell you every horse that won if you want. <laughs> it's not worth anything. Nah, nah, all good. What do you only race once a fucking month or something? No, so Cheltenham, we have like four or five major festivals um, where it's like the biggest prize money and and the biggest the best horses come out to race. They don't race all the time like your horses. Um, that's why we have horses with like records of 15 and 0 and then they retire um, and Cheltenham Festival is one of the big festivals which was from Tuesday to Friday oh, okay fair enough okay um, well we have got together to talk about this Wrens game um, obviously a lot of people were a bit sceptical would Arsenal go through to the Europa League or was that the end of us um, those who haven't watched it already well I'll give you a spoiler we did go through and we won 3-0 
Uh, Tony, thoughts when the lineup did come out, mate? Uh, spot on for me. I mean, it was the same as, as United, apart from the, the, well, the keeper obviously changed and the uh, Socrates suspended, so Mustafi came in. I was... I wasn't sure if he would bring Torreira back in, just because obviously Torreira can't play for another two Premier League games, so he wouldn't have played for a long, long time. I personally wouldn't. I agree with what he'd done, but I, I thought he might have done. Um, I saw, I was walking to the ground and, and I saw some tweets coming in saying, oh, I can't believe Mustafi's at right back, but obviously he wasn't, and looking at that lineup, he was never going to be. Um, but yeah, I had absolutely no complaints. I thought Emery got his spot on. Yeah, all the, all the apps coming up. I think they fucked it all up in the you know, on the apps on the phones and that because I looked at it and it was it was a bit of a mess as well and I know uh, one of our listeners Glenn he actually messaged uh, you I think it was Schwinn you were talking about the lineup as well and he went oh fuck the app fucked up so that was all all I don't know what happened there but um, Schwinn your thoughts on that lineup mate? Did tell you know if it as they say I mean if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. And considering how well we did against United uh, on the front foot, happy to sit back uh, when we were down on our energy levels. Uh, that that system suits us. And I think we've spoken about it on here before, that a back three doesn't necessarily mean a defensive formation. Um, especially if you have players like Ramsey in the middle who are going to cover a lot of distance. They'll be a part of the defensive setup and also combine going forward. So that, I think, is another reason why Emery is happy playing Ramsey in that, in that deeper role, quote-unquote, which we haven't seen a whole lot because it helps with the defense a bit. And, of course, we know Ramsey is very, very capable going forward. So happy to see that Ramsey is given that, that role. You know, for the time he's here, I think we'll, we'll probably do that a, a bit more. And uh, it brings in players like Mesut Ozil, who, who are obviously very good in that position. And... Uh, you know, we, we can rely on both our strikers instead of focusing on just the one. So happy with the formation and obviously happy with the result. Yeah, I noticed the Urzel fans having a bit of a wank fest over him, saying how great he was. So he, he ran a couple of metres and they had a fucking wank over him. So <laughs> it was great to see. <laughs> Look, it's great. It is great to see that he's getting, you know, we, we, he is our highest paid player. So I'd like to see him start on the fucking field at least. So. Um. Tony, we did exactly what we needed to do, mate. We came out pretty, you know, we came out very strong, I thought. Uh, what, fight, fifth minute, and Aubameyang's in. Yeah, I mean, the, the first goal was always going to be vital because they were going to come and beat shit houses as they were and, and try and park the bus and defend the lead. And if they're hanging on to 2 0, it's fine. As soon as that lead gets cut to 1, especially if it's early on like it was, they get nervous. Do they then come out and play? Or do they still sit back and even though now it's only a one-goal lead? So I think getting that, that goal so early put so much doubt in their minds. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the timing was just, just perfect, really. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the goal. I think it was a little tap-in from a Birmingham, wasn't it? Yeah, Ramsey, low cross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schwinn, continue on, mate. And um, 15th minute, we get another one. Obama again involved did very very well to to play to the whistle you know it's one of the major rules of football that you're taught as a beginner that play to the whistle and although I think he is offside there, there seemed to be a couple of conclusive angles it obviously wasn't called and he did very well to keep the ball and I think Maitland Niles also you know deserves a shout here to to head the ball into the ground 
and then into the net, of course, I think was a, a very, very good spontaneous de- decision because I think there was a, a goalkeeper was was close by and so was a defender. And if you try to head in directly, I think it gives the goalkeeper a bit of a higher chance to try and stop it. So again, you know, this was what, the 12th, 15th minute, something around that. So exactly the start we needed, as Tony said. And uh, within the first 10 minutes of the game, essentially, we were level on aggregate and, and, and progressing. So I don't think anyone could have hoped for a better start, a more ideal start. I, um, I said to you boys before we started recording, because it's been a couple of days since we played this game and the amount of fucking sports and shit that I've got up to over the weekend, my brain isn't exactly um, really focused on this game. But uh, they've got... On this fucking website that I'm looking at for the match facts, they've actually given the goal to Maitland-Niles. Assisted yeah, we'll by, yeah assist, I just saw with Schwinn when he said that then. Assisted by Bamiyang. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. No, that's all right. I, I, just, I thought Schwinn said it was um, an Bamiyang goal, that's all. No. I must have misheard you. Um, yeah, obviously. <laughs> just, uh, uh, have you seen... I don't know if you've seen it, this... Uh, have you seen Ozil's reaction uh, before Aubameyang got that cross in? Yeah, he, he thought the ball was out. And again, play the whistle, right? I think he yeah. was pretty distraught about how uh, the ball was played back towards them, Kolasinac and Aubameyang. And I think he just figured that Aubameyang and Kolasinac aren't going to go for it. Yeah, it's just funny. Mm. Um, what else we got here? Lacazette, yellow card, 32nd minute. Don't remember that at all. Um, I mean, uh, the one he actually got booked for it was right in front of me. I didn't think it was a foul, but they were going down. Their whole game plan seemed to be to try and get players sent off. I don't. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I noticed exactly the same thing. With that. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was one where Bamiang jumped straight up with, uh, I think it was their centre back, and then uh, Grenier came running in, saying he's like he's kicked him, and he'd done the action of like a, a push rake kick at like at someone's waist, and it was like, come on, the geezer's jumped. Um, just the, the whole game. I mean, look, I understand they had a job job to do and they were trying to trying to get through, but it's the way you don't want to see football played. And, and I'm not saying this because I'm an Arsenal fan, but you love to see teams like that go out because it was just absolute nonsense. Yeah, it was very grubby. Um, while we're talking about a big grubby football, what was your take on the referee? Terrible. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, after the first leg, I was talking to someone... In the, in the DMs, one of our followers. And look, I maintain we're in a second-class competition, so you're going to get the second-class refs. And people can moan about that all they want, but the, the answer is don't don't qualify for the second-tier competition. Get in the top one, and you, by nature, you should get a better standard of ref. I mean, look, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be racist or xenophobic or whatever, but a Latvian ref is not going to be able to keep up with the pace of a, of a high-intensity Premier League team and a, and a professional, good, strong professional team in France. I mean, I'm not even sure if Latvia have a professional league. I'm almost certain that referee's not a professional. He's probably got a day job. So, yeah, look, the ref was shocking, but I just come to expect it now. I think, as I said, you're in a second-class competition. You're going to get second-class standards. Mm-hmm. Well, fair share. Then you make a very good point there. But, jeez, yeah, I, I don't know if I, I agree with you. I, I totally understand where you're coming from, but... You know, I, I think I think they've got to lift the standard of these referees. You know. Oh look, it has to get it has to get better. I agree with you. I'm not saying that's good enough, but yeah, yeah. that's what you're going to get. I mean, look, there was what four Champions League games that week, so they're getting the top four. Then there was, I think, was it eight Europa League games? 
you're not and and then obviously you've got the country protection where a ref from a certain country can't referee their same country or if they have any strong rival countries like russians and ukrainians and whatnot they can't ref that Mm. so you start looking down and you end up getting the 12th or 13th best ref who's not from your country who's not from a rival country and, and this is where you end up um also the way they rate the refs uh, i mean i spoke about it before one of my friends used to be a championship ref and the way they do it in europe is uh, everyone starts on the so they sorry they give the best refs the hardest games at the start and the the, the what, what they see as the worst refs the easiest games because they've got the easiest games, they tend to score higher marks because they don't have to make many decisions. There's, there's not much to get wrong. And then, so then when they come to reevaluate, they've the, the shit refs have got higher marks because they've had easier games. So they're now seen as the top refs and they get the better games. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so this Latvian ref may have been the first choice Europa League ref, but in the early rounds, because he's, he's Latvian, he may have got. I don't know. I just can't think of two shit teams where nothing's going to happen. There's no rivalry. The standard of football's terrible, and he gets a high mark because of it. So then now he gets the Arsenal game because he's got a higher mark from the early rounds. Yeah. Okay. So it's just going on what that basis. Um. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I'll, I'll move on quickly with this referee. But when when it comes to the World Cup playing, you're in, have you anyone heard of this bloke or is he? Have you heard of him reffing before? And you're talking about there was a couple of Champion League games on as well that you know that you know the day before and whatnot. But when they don't seem to have these problems when the World Cups are on. World Cups, the world, Europe, Europe. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Right, uh, um, Schwinn, Schwinn, Schwinn. Your hero goes off, mate, and Mikatarian comes on. And I think at the same time, it will be also came on for for Lacazette. Yeah, um, minute, minute later. I think both yeah. subs. Yeah, I think both subs were very very good. Um, obviously, it shows in terms of what happened, but essentially, Emery took off uh, Ozil, who I think was almost out of the game, for a lack of a better phrase. He he wasn't quite feeling it. I think at that point, Ren were attacking us a bit more. They hit the post a couple of times. One time being offside, of course. And uh, we weren't enjoying the ball a lot more. We were, we were comfortable, but it basically meant Ozil was, as you say, Tez, a passenger at that point, seemingly. And uh, Lacazette, uh, having been booked already, I thought was, you know, he likes the physicality of the game. He, he has incorporated that into his game a bit more. And I think he was a bit vulnerable to maybe being sent off. I think there was a close call where the ref could have booked him. And the Ren players were trying to get another booking to get him sent off. But uh, the ref at that point... Uh, just calm things down. So he took these two players off and essentially brought on two ball carriers in Mkhitaryan and Wobi. And uh, in that ter- in, in those terms, I thought the, the subs were excellent. So I, I was very happy with what Emery had done because I was shouting at the screen at that point that let's let's change things up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just on Ozil. Yeah, he did nothing wrong, did nothing right. He was just a player just there for the day. I, again, <laughs> I, I, I only said it just to piss MWA Gunner off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that for the whole game, but I think, yes, nah. in the build-up itself, 10 uh, minutes into the build-up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was not enjoying uh, the football. Yeah. Um, since Tony rattled off the other couple of goals, I'll stick with you for Bemyang's last. Oh, no, you rattle off another one. You, you can rattle off the, the one where he pulls out the big super mask. Oh yeah. Um, 
Oh, sorry. Go on, Johnny. No, go on, go on, go on, go on. You're into mosque and shit, so. <laughs> Lovely build-up. I mean, to start with, I think the, the play starts down our right wing. Uh, Mkhitaryan and Ramsey in sort of a cul-de-sac surrounded by three or four players. Uh, they get out of there, uh, move the ball laterally very quick. Quick one-two with Aubameyang. Uh, and Mkhitaryan, I think, finds a Kolasinac on the left wing who played a delicious pass. Uh, you know, an, an easy tap-in for Aubameyang. Obviously, the the celebration has, uh, let's just say, wound up a few people on Twitter, including Arsenal fans, that I found a bit surprising. But to me, uh, it's it's a sign of him finding his scoring boots again. Uh, we know he struggled for the past two, three weeks, although he did score that winning penalty, well, a penalty against United. But, you know, he, he seemed to be a bit down on confidence, especially against Ren in the first leg where you saw him on the bench. Uh, not very happy with himself. So I'm happy that he's happy. We need him and, and Lacazette and some of our other players who are capable of scoring as the season winds up. So to me, I don't I don't see it as any other thing than than confidence and a brimming smile on his face. So I have no no reservations against that celebration, to be honest. Okay. Just what, to buy in, he was going to do it against Man United, but he couldn't find the mask. Mm. Um um, I'm I'm completely not bothered by it. I I think it's I'm not entertained by it, but I, I'm also not a negative on it. I think people are making a meal out of a Mars bar. I, I just have no opinion on it really. I'm a bit like Schwinn usually is. Um, Fuck's sake! <laughs> what I don't get, and it's a like a question. I don't know if either of you know the answer. What's he actually been booked for? Like I know it's for putting a mask on, but what rules he broke? Like I, I, I saw the ref book him, and I thought, like, I, I don't actually know what rule he's broken here. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Don't know. Yep. He didn't take his shirt like, off. He is it? A, a like, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't think. Like, am I right in saying, as far as I'm aware, I could be wrong. It shouldn't have been a booking. Shouldn't have been a booking. Like he never used no. to get booked when he done it for Dortmund, did he? No. No idea. I couldn't I, tell you one. I think, I think it beyond. comes down to this shitty ref. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, as I said, I was, I was just was like watching it and I, there was a big debate on the radio on Talks what as I was driving home from the game. And yeah, again, look, I don't really care about it, but I just thought, what has he actually been booked for? Mm. Yeah, what's the booking? Don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit like you, Tony. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get me all hard and stiff over the fucking mask, but, you know, I'm, 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 I don't care either way. It's 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 good on him. You know, makes him happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm more in the so. fair play because there is people that enjoy it. It's just, yeah. it's not for me. It doesn't add anything for me, uh, but it doesn't take anything away. I said this. It's for me. It's a slight positive because some people will enjoy it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Tuera came on 87th minute. Ramsey off. That's just a bit of a. I'd imagine give Tuera a couple of minutes. Waste a few minutes as well and. Nothing really much on that sub. Um, Klasenac, 90th minute, yellow card. <laughs> he uh, he refused to take a throw on because he said his shoulder hurt. And they oh, booked him for time. Fucking gee, that's right. This fucking ref. This, uh, anyway, I don't want to. I, I'm starting to remember the game now as we're going through all this. Um, <laughs> I won't get hung up on it, though, but because uh, you've pretty much explained why the ref's a fucking idiot, so... Um, your man of the match, Tony? Uh, I mean, look, he, this is going to get stick because he missed a couple of easy chances, but 
Aubameyang gets two goals and, and they're the goals that get you through, I think you have to give it to him. Um, but, I mean, the two chances he missed were a joke, really. But, yeah, as I said, you, we expect that from Aubameyang. He, he's going to get goals, he's going to miss chances, but when his two goals are the goals that get you through, I think it'd be very harsh to not give it to him. Yeah. Uh, Schwinn? Uh, yeah, I mean, hard to disagree with that logic, but just to break the monotony, I'd say Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I thought he had a very, very good game. Comfortable in possession, comfortable out of it. Made some very, very good challenges. Uh, seemed to motivate his team a lot uh, in, in instances where he was sliding in and uh, throwing the ball out uh, for, for for throw-in. So I was very impressed by him. Yeah, I'm just going to... Uh, look, I, I agree totally with you boys. Um, however, I don't want to copy you boys, so... I'll run with uh, Granite, Granite Shaka. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, just He just dominated the mid. <laughs> nah, look, um, look, I thought Ramsey's probably worth a shout. Maitland Niles, he's there, worth a shout. Actually, Mustafi's copped a bit of stick the last you know couple of weeks as well. He probably deserves a bit of a shout. Well, he still had his one arsehole moment where he tried to cut inside on the edge of our box and lost the ball and they hit the post. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, you, you just can't help yourself, Kenny Mustafi. <laughs> it's just there's always one. Like I think at that point it was two nil as well. So if they score there, uh, I mean at that moment we were we're out, and, mm. and then obviously the rest of the game to try and do something about it. But yeah, you just can't. There's always one. You know it's going to happen. Just one shit moment he does. Um, I just want to get your guys' opinion before we move on to some questions because I I remember seeing after that game. And I know we've said it here before that Lacazette, he's a god in some Arsenal fans. But performance-wise on that guy, I personally didn't see what a lot of people who who are and about, but I could be wrong. Um, Tony? Uh, for me, again, it's another one that comes down to your line. I don't think he'd done anything too great. I don't think he'd done anything too bad. Uh, I would have subbed him a hell of a lot earlier because they were clearly trying to get him sent off. As soon as he got booked, they were targeting him. I think the the one that Schwinn was talking about earlier was it's another stupid UEFA rule that this is going to be so boring. In the Premier League, the subs warm up on the side where the linesman isn't, so they can't influence anything. For some reason in Europe, they switch it. So Lacazette's made, I'm not even sure if it's a foul, I think their left-back tried to clear the ball and actually kicked Lacazette and then gone down rolling around. And all of their subs have instantly jumped around the ref, uh, the linesman, sorry, who's right next to it and going in and, and you can see they're clearly trying to get him sent off so I'd have taken him off as soon as that happened to be honest yeah. I, I don't actually think he done much wrong mm. but when you're walking the tightrope like that and he had to stop I mean he is quite a physical player he loves backing into people going shoulder to shoulder um, and, and obviously he presses quite hard and he ha- he stopped doing it which is clever because he knew he would have got sent off if he carried on but when you take that away from Lacazette I think you take away half of his game so at the moment he can't press anymore he can't go 50-50 anymore for me, I, I don't really see why he's on the pitch. And it's not his fault. I think he done the right thing. But I think Emery probably could have subbed him 10 minutes earlier. Yeah, OK. Because I was actually thinking, and I'll, I'll go to you in a minute, Schwinn, but I was actually thinking that, you know, he's been really good the last couple of weeks um, in the Premier League. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it's fatigue's not starting to catch up to him a little bit. Like, could be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, could be. Uh, he's played a lot of minutes, obviously. Uh, started against Tottenham, started against... Man United um, obviously didn't feature against Ren uh, in the first leg, but you know he, he is, or or the the second leg against Bate, of course, 
I think, uh, look, I'm not as big as fan as you boys know, but I think he satisfies a purpose. And, you know, certain players are in the team to, to bring out the best out of others. You know, uh, Olivier Giroud is that sort of a player who, who tends to do that. They, they come with their own problems and their inefficiencies, but they bring out the best in others. And I think Lacazette does that very well, particularly for someone like Aubameyang. You could also argue for Mesut Ozil. He brings a certain demeanor and work rate that helps uh, take off some some load off of Ozil. So he definitely plays a role in the team. Uh, he is not the quintessential goal scorer we thought he would be. But one could easily argue that's because of Aubameyang's introduction into the team and how we've you know, uh, changed up because of that. Uh, maybe if that was never to happen, we'd, we'd see Lacazette in a more prominent role up front where you know he's asked to stay up top a lot more but I think he he definitely has a has a role to play in this team and I don't see him being subbed or or removed other than for fatigue which obviously is not going to be a case now because we have the next two weeks off Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely agree totally with that um now cock and talk dot blogspot.com Craig done some ratings and if you look if you want to um any listeners out there want to join these boys with Craig and that doing a few articles, feel free to contact us, flick us a DM or something, and look if you, oh, it's open to anyone. So, um, Craig, he did some ratings. He's the man of the match. He couldn't split them by the looks of it. Uh, Bemyang nine. Oh yeah, Bemyang was the nine. Most of them eight, seven point five seven. So, yeah, he goes on the worst was. It wasn't really a worst. They were all 7.5. Oh, 7, Mustafi. Awobi a 7, Mikatarian a 7. Okay. So, yeah, so you can, um, if you want to join up with that and give the boys a hand writing a couple of blogs, feel free to contact us. Um, okay, let's get into some questions, lads. So, I'll just touch quickly on a few of these because when Schwinn put the question thread up, it was obviously now we've got Napoli and we will go through that game again and get your thoughts on that soon boys uh, Schwinn worded as uh, also comment with the opposition of your choice so I'll just do a quick couple of shout out Schwinn on you know what people thought um, Femi I think it is he, he was open we'd get Frankfurt um, PM he's, he, wanted, he wants a Santee Derby uh, we are Arsenal. Um, he asked a question: How will we replace Ramsey? Any thoughts? I think we've touched on it a few times, Tony. But I'll, I'll get your thoughts again, mate. Uh, again, I, I still don't think you can replace a Ramsey um, in terms of style. There's not too many that play like him. You can go down a different route. Uh, I mean, look. It also depends what system we play in. I mean, I know. The last two games he has used Ramsey in a two, but I don't think he ever saw Ramsey as a two in, as a part of a two in midfield. So in that sense, you don't need to replace him. He's also not a ten; he's an old-fashioned midfielder, um, which is not really in the game anymore. So I'd argue that you you don't replace Ramsey; you you go a different route. So you don't go like for like, and and whether that be that I'm not advocating this because I don't want it to happen, but whether it be a Benega or or someone like that. I think you go a different route. I don't think you directly replace Ramsey. Mm -hmm. um, 
I am North. He's, he's asking for Chelsea and Napoli. So you got your wish, buddy. We got Napoli. And on that, we will touch uh, Dave Squires. He says, uh, don't be surprised to see Frankfurt in the final. Okay, I'm not up to German football, but obviously they might be going pretty well. Um, thoughts on Napoli, Schwinn? Look, it's not the ideal fixture. If I had to choose, I'd probably choose one of the Spanish teams, to be honest, or, or obviously Slavia Pra. But I think it's uh, now now a time where we need to be challenged a bit more in this tournament, only for the reason that if we go through, then that gives us a major boost. And if we don't, then we have enough time to focus on the Premier League as our way into Champions League. So I think it's going to be a very good test. I think Napoli are not the outfit they were last season. They, they've struggled a bit. They've obviously lost a couple of players. There was some talk that uh, Diawara and Insigne are not going to be fit for that game. I'm not sure how true that is, but obviously that's going to be a big boost. Just just quickly before you go to Tony uh, for, on this, I, I just say that Naples is a notorious place. So for anyone traveling, uh, I'd recommend traveling in groups and and just being a bit careful with, with what you opt to do out there. Okay, Tony, your thoughts on that fixture, Mark? Uh, I think the toughest draw we could have got uh, I think the only thing that made it a saving grace was that we was at home second and then that got reversed as well. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it is going to come down to a case of some... They say to win something, you have to beat the best. We all know that's not true. But I think the way this tournament goes and the way the draw spread out, that to win it, we are probably going to have to beat all the best teams. I mean, um, obviously, we've got Napoli now, then if we beat them, it'll be Valencia or Villarreal. And then if we beat them... It looks like it could potentially be Chelsea. Um, so we are, I think, as as of before the draw, the three favourites were Napoli, Chelsea, and us. I'm not sure in particularly what order. So for apart for us or Napoli to win it, you're going to have to beat two of the other favourites. So it is the hard route. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Have you checked the odds? No. No, everybody. I'd imagine Napoli be. I'd imagine they'd be favourites. I mean, for the tournament now, Chelsea will be favourites because they got the easier draw. Mm. Um, uh, in terms of just between us and Napoli, I'd imagine we'll be favourites for the home leg. They'll be favourites for their home leg. Uh, for the tie, uh, as in who goes through throughout from the tie, I'd imagine without looking, it'd be very close, but probably just them. Yeah, okay. I just had a quick look. Odds aren't even up yet. So. Um, okay, I have no idea what this bloke's name is. Um, I've absolutely. Oh no, he's got another thing. The every minds, okay. What's well, in a different fucking language? Man's hard enough to fucking learn fucking English, let alone read another fucking English. Uh, um, Aaron Ramsey's performance last two games shouldn't be overlooked. He's worked his socks off past two games, even though he's signed a contract with Juventus or Juve. Uh, we miss him when he's gone. Plus, I'd like us to face somebody. But Chelsea, not just yet, a Bamiang celebration as well. Uh, Schwinn, you want to tackle into that, mate? I mean, I'll just talk about uh, about Ramsey because we obviously touched about Alba celebration. I think uh, a player of Ramsey's quality and attributes will be missed by any team. But the fact that we're letting him go and the fact that we decided we let him go, I think, speaks to maybe a different sort of player and player profile we'll be looking for. So... Uh, maybe there is some thought to this madness. And, I mean, at least that's the optimist in me. 
So maybe we won't miss him, but arguably we will because there, there's nothing that Ramsey brings that you could say is is not required in a team or in an outfit. So it's a tough one. I'm going to miss him for sure. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just this bloke's got me a bit baffled. He's talking about Frankfurt and he reckons they're going to be there in the end. So they've been they've been very good uh, in the Europa League this year. Uh, they have a few forwards that have uh, a few tricks up their boot. I think. Uh, What's his name? Luka Jovic scored a very, very good goal against Inter in the second leg. Uh, Sebastian Haller is a, is a decent player. And, of course, they have Ante Rebic, who is injured currently, but I'm not sure on his timetable. Uh, that's another reason I didn't want to face them or Benfica, who, again, have, have some tricky wingers and, and tricky forward line. And we all know that we struggle back there. I so just, those two teams are, are a bit scary. Yeah, I was just looking. They've gone undefeated since, uh, looks like, around the 20th of January. So they've had a good little run going on. A couple of draws in there, yeah. though, but yeah. Okay. And I think Harris Seferovic uh, might be the top scorer in the Europa League this year for Benfica. I'm not sure, but I think that might be accurate. Okay, I'll take your word. Um, where are we? We've got a bit of a thread going here, Tony. Where do you think uh, Maitland-Niles' best position is? Uh... I think he was always earmarked as a centre midfielder. I think he's now at the age where he's never going to get a centre midfield spot for Arsenal. So he can either retain as a utility player, and, and that's not always a bad thing. I mean, as I said, he'll still get 25, 30 games a season across all competitions, across various positions. Or he can go and look elsewhere for somewhere where he is going to get a solid start in a, in a position he wants, uh, but albeit at a lower level. So I think that's probably a choice for him to make. But I, I see him as a utility man. But I think most squads need utility men. Um, they can play two or three jobs. I mean, just like look at Chelsea, for example. I'm not saying Ainsley's the same as, but Aspilicueta has played centre-back in a two, centre-back in a three, right-back, right-wing-back, left-back for them. And I mean, he's a very good player. But again, like Nacho for us, he's played left-back, left-centre-back in a two, left-centre-back in a three. These utility players do come in handy and you do need them in the squad. <laughs> I'm just looking. Um, so David, that was from David, and then he goes on, Schwinn, my second question, how many questions does MWA going to ask on average per podcast? MWA responds, I'm the heart of the show. <laughs> Ah, uh, MWA Gunner, you're about as popular as a turd in the punch bowl, mate. <laughs> um, Schwinn. Uh, Sandeep says, can Arsenal backtrack and offer Ramsey a new deal? Oh, I don't think so, can they? I mean, unless he fails his medical uh, and Juventus decide not to sign him, then of course we could. Nah, that won't happen. Wish nah, yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> Um, we are hearing you though, mate. I'm uh, Vish, haven't heard from Vish for a while. What What is going on with Mafropanus? Does Emery not rate him? Uh, we answered one on this last week, didn't we, Tony? You were touching on it. He was left out. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this question come in quite yeah. often now. Yeah, just recap on what you did say last week, if you remember. Well, I mean, he, he was out until December, so... You can kind of you you would earmark the kind of Europa League group games and the early rounds of the Carabao Cup as, as fixtures for him, 
but he, he was injured, so you kind of rule him out there. He's then not been put in the Europa League squad, and you'd expect him to be playing the kind of games against... Uh, who did we beat last round? Barté. They're the kind of games you expect him to be in, but he's not in the squad. And does that suggest he's not rated? Maybe. I mean, it seemed the decision was between him and El Elneny, who goes in the squad. And we've not seen El Elneny in these games either. So for me, I would rather put the younger guy in who maybe needed in the first team at some point, rather than El Elneny, who, who you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, look, I can only, I'm only watching the same as everyone else. It looks to me like Emery doesn't rate him because he's given him about 10 first-team minutes since he's been here. Um, but that, look, it's a complete guess, and that everyone's going to make their mind up based on what they see, and, and that's just uh, what I, I believe, but that doesn't make it right. I wonder if um, if we're still in the FA Cup and, and you know, we're in oh, the EFL Cup as well. The, yeah, I'd probably I mean, yeah, EFL Cup finished. Yeah, but I'm, if we went the distance in that, I wonder whether he, he, he gets minutes... Uh. I mean, he didn't play against Blackpool either, which I think by then he was back. Um, and, and Blackpool away in the cup, you'd, again, you'd fancy. I think Socrates and Mustafi played. I know Socrates definitely played. And again, you feel that that's a chance to, to give him minutes. But who knows? Maybe he just wasn't fit enough and he wasn't back fully yet. But looking on from what we know or what we think we know, it just looks like Emery doesn't really fancy him. Mm. Even, as I said, he got 10 minutes against City away and then we've not seen him since not even on the bench um i think they'd loan so. him out wouldn't you i can't windows closed no but in january like yeah yeah i mean the moment they didn't announce him in the squad uh it kind of to, i mean that looks like from from our point of view that they have no intention of using him so i'm surprised they didn't to be honest mm. i think uh, to be honest i think they kept him because if we if we were doing shit in the league, similar to last year, how we had to sack off the league and, and just go for Europe. And that was when he got his break and he played against United away, Leicester, Burnley, and I think he played one other. Um, that was how he got his break when we'd basically given up on the league. And maybe they kept him for the same reason. Whereas if we was flopping in the league, but we was in the quarters or semis of the Europa League and we had to go first team in Europa League and then play our reserves in the league, then he was kept for that reason. He's going to go there, yeah, maybe. Okay, uh, Schwinn the Plug says, I haven't heard from the plug for a long time. Schwinn's bestie. Yeah. You know, good to see we've got a good fucking listener here. Um, with the clogging up of fixtures with us playing Watford on Monday, then Napoli away on Thursday as an example, then another game on Sunday, do you think despite the congestion of fixtures, we could still push for both? Europa and top four or do we need to prioritise one I mean uh, I'd say the same thing we've been saying all season that we we take one game at a time and, and make a calculated decision on which to prioritise but m- my question is back to you guys it's a bit more administrative do you think that the Watford game gets moved because Monday and Thursday are a bit too close aren't they same as uh, Thursday Sunday yeah, but it's an additional day, isn't it? Monday uh, and Thursday. No, but so I'm saying Sunday the week and... after we're playing Thursday, Sunday, so it's not too close. Mm. If, they move, it, under... if they move it to the Thursday, then the first leg is three days. So either way, there's only going to be three days between one of the games. So if they Watford 100% won't be moved. But if they moved it to the Sunday, we'd be playing Napoli at home and then playing Watford away. Free. You've got Because the games are only a week apart, you've got to have a four-day rest and a three-day rest or break. So it's going to happen one way or the other. 
Where, mm. when, and when are they putting the Wolves? Where, where's the Wolves game going to now? Because it depends how far they get in the cup. That was supposed to be yesterday or today. Today, yeah. Um, but obviously they won yesterday, so now it's fuck knows, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I agree with you, Schwinn. I have to you know, take it day by day, but at some point, I wonder they like which this would be very interesting and we may even get to this stage boys is and let's touch wood we do and I don't put the jinx on it let's say we get into either the semi-finals or the finals of the Europa League and you're two points just in the top four (laughs) fucking you know like where are you at then like are you thinking just play Play your best, or you know, yeah, you've got to go one, both in that you've situation. Got to go both, haven't you? Yeah. So that 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 could, you know, hopefully we'll see what happens. Um, Pierre Emerick Abemian Golden Boot. Uh, if you had a choice between Champions League via top four or the Europa League, what would it be, Tony? This is a really difficult question to answer because top four is not a trophy. Uh, I mean, I think the reason people label it as a trophy is because it gets you into Europe now. I mean, because it gets you into Champions League, always has done, sorry. And so people label it as a trophy. You can't beat a cup final day out but and win in a cup final. So there's on one hand, you get the trophy, but then on the other hand, you, league table shows consistency. You can't, you can't fake a league table. You can't do it on one or two good results. It shows consistency over a season. So on one hand, you'd much prefer to be consistent over the season and earn your place that way. On the other hand, a cup final is a fucking brilliant day out. So it's individual. I I probably would prefer the league as much as I love cup finals um, because you're you're literally 90 minutes away from failure. You can have a cup final, you can have a bad day, get a player sent off after five minutes and, and fall apart. Whereas a league... If you get a player sent off after five minutes, it affects one game out of 38. Or even if um, you come up against Chelsea in the bloody cup, it's not an easy fucking game. No, but as I said, I think, like as I said, one little mishap can ruin a whole cup competition. Yeah. Whereas in a league, you can it's how you bounce back. I, I think I'd probably prefer to qualify via the league. Um but I, I, there's no right or wrong answer here, and I wouldn't be surprised if other people have different viewpoints. What about you, Schwinn? I'd take the, the Europa League. I'd take a trophy. I mean, this is, of course, assuming we, we win the thing. But I think... I'm not sure what the financial remuneration is if you finish fourth versus if you win the Europa League. There's no money but in the Europa League. Is there not really for winning no. the whole thing? No. Wow. So and, then, and do you I mean, know what I'm saying? Do? That I think I think I might be wrong. The difference in league positions are worth about a million, give or take. Yeah, per that was going to be my next question. What's the difference between fourth and fifth position? But I take a trophy, and considering we've not won uh, the Europa League ever, uh, I take it. I think it's also something to uh, decorate Emery's first season by, and it obviously gives the, the players a boost uh, in one way or the other. I'd imagine so. I'd take Europa League. I'd take Europa League this year. Um, however, it wouldn't be something that I'd want to go down the path of every year. Because, uh, 100%. I think your top four, as Tony said, shows consistency. So if, if, if for me, this year, if 
um, Emery gets top four, I'd probably say we were lucky. <laughs> I, I still need another season or two to see what see what type of manager is because we've all jumped on this podcast at weeks and we've gone, what the fuck is going on? So I'd say it's a little bit of luck for him to get a top four. You know? I'm not going, oh, yeah, we are a top four team. I'd be going, we're, 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 we're a top six team with some luck. Yep. I, I personally don't believe you can be lucky over the course of a season. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not saying that that makes me. I'm not going to come on here if we get top four and say Emery's the savior and he's the best manager on earth. Mm. But I, personally, I think it's harsh to say, oh, if we get it, he's been lucky. Because I think over 38 games, you pretty much you are where you are. It for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I agree with Tez on this, particularly because if you if you see what United went through in the first half of the season and Chelsea's uh, moody nature, I think we have been lucky. And you know, we've spoken about how. During the first 22 games, when we went unbeaten, um, we were converting more chances than than the average team. So I think there has been a bit of luck. You know, you obviously buy your own luck, but when you look at the external factors with United, with Chelsea, uh, maybe Tottenham's luck is now run out in a way. They've lost some of their legs. They're still in the Champions League, which is obviously going to be a burden on them, I feel. Uh, I think Tez might have some substance to his argument. Uh, no, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but also that would mean that you say whatever one of them teams has missed out as being unlucky because they weren't very good at times. But the fact remains, it's their own fault for not being very good at times. I think look, each team is in control of their own destiny over a 38-game season, and you can't control what another team does. And if that team is bad for a spell or if their manager's shit for the first six months, which everyone knew was going to happen anyway, then... That's not another team being lucky. As I said, Man United are in control of their own destiny. They could have got rid of Mourinho in the summer. Everyone knew what was going to happen. That It doesn't make us lucky that they were, they were stupid. And it doesn't make us lucky that, that Sarri seems to want to argue with his players all the time. As it's, You're not in control of what other teams do. And if they fuck up, I, I don't think you can class that as lucky. It's different in a, in, a, in a direct match where you get battered and the team scores an own goal in the last minute or something ridiculous. You go, oh, we got away with that one. But I think over the course of the season, I think there's enough time to sort anything out. As United have shown, that they're, they're back well in the hunt, even though they basically had four months of disaster. I, I think over the course of the season, you've got enough time to sort yourself out. And I don't think any team can be classed as lucky because what another team can or can't do. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you could go, oh, they're lucky we didn't sign Messi in the summer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm putting it down to I think our games have been lucky though. I think some of our, some of the results. Oh, we've definitely have, had some. Have but, uh, gone in That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, but I think over a forty, uh, sorry, a thirty-eight game season. I agree with you. We have definitely been lucky at times. I'm not trying to say we're the best team in the world, mm. but over a thirty-eight game season, it's been the other way. I think we United we created shitload of chances. Uh, there's been a Chelsea we created shitload of chances and didn't get anything. And their points against the others are the top six. You had five more points on that we arguably should have had from them games and the table looks a hell of a lot different Tottenham we missed a penalty in the last minute you had another two points on so an extra seven points and you think fucking hell that's a huge difference because they're all against the other teams that are in and around us so I think look we probably have been on the fair side of luck but I I wouldn't say it's like a massive swing there's game Wolves comes to mind where we got battered Palace we probably should have lost but on the flip side there's, there's other games where it hasn't happened as I said I think 
if there was a scale, we're just on the positive side of lucky rather than unlucky. But I wouldn't say it's a, like we've been massively lucky this season. Mm. Um, I'm just looking up. There's a bit of a thread going on here. Double A Gunner. Uh, do we have too much lo- loyalty with Bellerin? I feel as if <laughs> I'll go to Schwinn on this because I know Tony's thoughts on Bellerin. Uh, I feel as if there was another right back that was better for him, which I'm sure there will be. We couldn't, we wouldn't go for him because we have Bellerin. And I'm sorry, I balls that question because of my phone's ringing at the same time. I've uh, um, reading the question, Schwinn. So go, mate. I, I don't know what to make of this question, to be honest. I mean, look, for me, loyalty doesn't exist in football anymore. I think we're, we're past that phase. And we have been for, for a while now. I think a, a club like ours, which is you know run on the self-sustainable model, uh, relies on income streams other than uh, cash injection from the owner, will look for value. If, if a Man City come in, let's say, or a PSG come in, with 100 million just to pluck out a figure, I don't think we'll hesitate because I think we can get someone of Bellerin's quality uh, for, a, for a lower price than that, for a much lower price than that. So I don't necessarily agree with that assumption that we're loyal so we won't sell him. I don't, I don't think that's, that rings home with me. Mm-hmm. You, what, um, he goes on, when we went to a back three... Uh, Ox was playing way better than Bellerin, but when Bellerin became available, Wenger would use Ox to the left because he couldn't drop him, but had to accommodate for Hector. Is it like I said? There's a bit of a thread here. Uh, I, I sorry. I mean, I've not read the thread, so I might be going over ground, but I don't agree with that at all uh, because Chambo did keep Hector out of the team for a bit. Um, it was only in the. I mean, the main example, which I'm sure is what MWA Gunner is thinking of, is in the cup final, but we had no one that could play on the left. And I know if I had the choice between Ox playing left wing back or Hector, uh, and one playing one, one playing the other, I'd go Chamberlain there every time. So, um, yeah, for me, it's um, it's a it, it's not the case. As I said, I know the one memorable game he's thinking of, but I don't agree with the, the statement as a whole at all. To sum it all up, he said uh, he's a good right back, but there's much better players out there technically and defensively. There's a few threads here, which is good. A few of the listeners are jumping in and having a bit of a say. Uh, Sandeep says, rumours that Monchi's heading to Sevilla. Thoughts? Uh, as of recording this podcast, he has now gone to Sevilla. And I think it is nothing to do with Arsenal. I was talking to Schwinn and Tony about it. I thought I, we'll, we'll just, I was saying that I just don't think he's... I, I can't understand why he's gone there, Schwinn. It's just, it's just yeah, hard. it's it's a bit baffling, you know. I mean, people like this survive on reputation. You know, you can have a very very bad term at at a club. Let's just say Roma, for example, where he's had an under average term as compared to his time at Sevilla. But because he's Monchi and he carries that, his name carries that weight. Um, he he will go on and he he will continue to attract the big names. Going back to Sevilla, though, I, I'm not. Not sure what that entirely means for his reputation. I think um, he has a reputation to live up with and uh, to to shy away from another quote unquote challenge. 
for me, doesn't reflect well on him. Now, Tony obviously brought up a good point that I, that I let him bring up uh, when it comes to him. But I think this reflects badly on Arsenal. Um, to me, it seems like there have been talks since there was, there was talk of Sven leaving starting January. And the fact that there was recurring information coming out. Now, I don't know how much of this has been hyped by the media. But I think what is clear is that we wanted him. San Leahy and Emery both have a decent working, not a working, but they have a good relationship with him. Emery certainly has a working relationship with him. And and to me, it seemed like the obvious move. Mm. I, I, I don't, yeah, very, I don't think weird. it reflects, yeah, I don't think it reflects well on us that we're in negotiation with someone for two months, two and a half months, and Sevilla come knocking and in a matter of a couple of days, uh, seemingly they, they get the man. So that, oh. that, that's something I thought we had left behind. Uh, with the introduction of someone like San Leahy, but apparently not. No, I just thought, I think he's about 50 now, and I just thought, well, I'd, I don't know, it, it, and I'll go to you in a minute, Tony, but like, it just, for me, wanted to be, I, I would be, want to be tested a bit more, and, and you know, the Premier League we talk about is the, the best league in the world, and hey, you're amongst the best managers in the world, the best players in the world, so why not jump on that ship for two years? But go on, Tony. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't know. My, my two pence on it was, I mean, I can't remember the exact statement, Shrin will remember, but he tweeted something yesterday about essentially saying home is where the heart is. That wasn't what he said, but it was something along those lines. And for me, he's, I don't know if he has a family. I presume he has. And they've spent pretty much their whole life, including his playing career at Sevilla. Um, he obviously moved abroad for two years or just under two years. And, and maybe it just didn't suit his family. And the, I think as a, as a man or as anyone, you've got, to, you've got to do what's best for your family. I mean, I'm assuming money is never going to be an issue for him. He would have got more at Arsenal. But money is probably not his main factor. Happiness is. And if you can go where your family's happy, uh, Sevilla as well, if, if anyone's ever been, has a very weird, like, not weird, different way about it. It's a strange culture. And often people struggle to adapt elsewhere from that. I mean, most famously at Arsenal, Reyes just couldn't adapt to London because he was severe born and bred and and he got used to that way of life. Even after us, he went to Madrid and, and couldn't settle there either. Um, and then when he went back to Sevilla, he started playing playing okay again. It's uh, And uh, look, for me, maybe it's just a family issue. I don't know. Like... His family, he, he's probably more comfortable in Sevilla doing what he knows, has probably complete control of the club. Um, no one really scrutinising him. And and as I said, you've got to factor in family as well because we factor in, if I got offered a job in fucking Latvia, I, I would factor in what my, my family would want to know about it and whatnot. What do you have against Latvia? <laughs> it was the first country to come into my head because we've said it so many times today. I'm not saying it's bad. Latvia could be brilliant. I have no idea. But... I would factor in whether my family want want to be there, what it's like, what education's like, what the social life is like, blah, blah, blah. But when we're talking about footballers or people involved in a football injury, we as fans, and I'm, I'm the same as everyone else, we never consider this. We never think, oh, he's not going there because he doesn't want to live in Latvia like, or Liverpool. No one wants to live in Liverpool. Yeah, um, mate, you make a good point because there'd be no way in the world I'd fucking move to England. Well, no, I know you're taking this, but it is a point. If, if you got offered, if you got offered double your money in England, but your missus really didn't want to go, or your kids really didn't want to go, then you've got to make that decision. And, and yeah, no, I know, me, as I said, we don't consider that usually as as fans, but I think we probably should do more often. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, okay. Just to point it out, we don't want you here. Stay in Australia. Thank you. <laughs> My mate, I'm not built for that snow, cold, miserable shit. I've seen, uh, it's funny enough, I've seen, uh, who was that bloke? That bloke from Arsenal Fan TV on Twitter banging on about the weather over there, and I thought, fuck me dead. Your own people are even complaining about the weather now. Oh, but that's what we do. As as like when you're born British or English, DT it was that DT bloke. Yeah, I mean, look, when when you're English, you're born in England. You're born with the right to moan about the weather at all times. It's either too <laughs> hot, too cold, too rainy, too windy. It's never nice. It's always when it's hot, you're going to get some cunt moaning that it's too hot. When it's cold, there's going to be someone else moaning <laughs> that it's too hot. It's it's a British right, like it's in your passport that you're allowed to do it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. Where are we? Because MAA Gunner, he's got about 10 questions here, so let's see what he's on about. Since he's the heart of the show, we better read him. Can we rename it to MAA Gunner Talk next week? <laughs> we can name this podcast episode to MAA Gunner Talk if you want. It's your podcast, mate. I'm just a guest. <laughs> um, MAA Gunner, what is the worst refereeing display you've ever ever seen you've seen in an Arsenal game and the worst in any game for me it's probably Chelsea versus Barcelona uh, Schwinn you got any your memory's low yeah Tony's the one with the elephant memory on this podcast he's our resident historian so go on Tony Uh, I mean that Barcelona Chelsea one was an absolute disgrace Um. I'm not sure because, especially with Arsenal games, you kind of feel like the grievance at the time, but then because no one speaks about it years on, you, you kind of forget about them. Whereas that, that Chelsea one has been spoke about for years. I, I can't think of an, an Arsenal game off the top of my head where we're still speaking about it a long time after for for a complete horrible refereeing performance. Like there was Liverpool. I mean, our one is probably Liverpool in the cup final, and I think it was 2001 where on show handled on the line when we were 1-0 up it would have been 2-0 or a penalty and we went on to lost 2-1 but that was one incident I wouldn't say the ref had a horrible day from memory um, but that's probably one of the only oh I know sorry uh, I'm talking absolute shit the worst Arsenal one was Mike Riley in the 50, 50th game at Old Trafford when from the 49 unbeaten he was horrible uh, I'm not sure if it reaches the Chelsea Barcelona level but it wasn't far off sorry that just clicked in my head halfway through talking <laughs> no worries. Um, I got nothing. I remember the you. you Do you remember this. that game? Do you remember the game I'm talking about? Yeah, but I, I just, I, not really. I can't really remember it. Nah, nah. I'm you struggling. Should. I'm struggling. Kind of. Mm. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> they, you're talking to the two blokes with the goldfish memories. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I didn't expect you to to know. To be fair. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like to call it selective distortion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially, the ref just allowed... It was Reyes, who obviously we've just spoke about. The ref just allowed them to kick shit out of us at all times and then gave a penalty for Rooney diving, which is the goal that made it 1-0. Uh, they ended up winning 2-0. Um, but I think Phil and Gary Neville, between them, just kicked Reyes about 30 times during the game and were getting away with it. And they weren't like little little tackles. They were just smashing him at all times. And I think they've pretty much come out and admitted it since. Uh, that their game plan was to unsettle Arsenal, which you can decide what that means for yourself. I mean, obviously, in the tunnel after, I think we end up getting a few players banned because Fabregas for a pizza at Ferguson Z because there was a bit of a a bit of a disturbance in the tunnel. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely from memory the worst 
I can remember for Arsenal. Um, but I'm not sure if that matches the Chelsea-Barcelona, which was, I mean, just the most ridiculous game I've ever seen. I'll go a couple, I think... of, couple of really recent ones was the... Um... Sorry, Schwinn, I've cut you straight off then, mate. <laughs> no, I have another one to add, so go on. And uh, well, well just uh, the two that come to mind was one, obviously, Roma going out of the Champions League. That was fucking woeful. And um, you guys remember the final couple of years ago, was it Real Madrid versus Juve? Uh, two years ago, was it? Well, when Mandzukic scored the bicycle kick. That was pathetic referee. Pathetic referee in that game too, I remember. I don't remember, yeah, any, I don't remember either game. of those games. I only remember that but one really because I've got a, Juven- uh, a mate of Cavola's Juventus. He brings it up to me every fucking day. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't I think the best referee. Like, from, from recent memory, uh, again, a singular decision, perhaps not the worst day for the ref in total, was when Van Persie was sent off at New Camp because he couldn't hear the whistle. And I think he had a puppet goal or something, and the referee decided to book him and send him off. That was quite a horrific decision, in my opinion, that ended up costing us the tie, essentially. Yeah, I mean, that, you're right. I, the reason I didn't include that, and then there was also one against Bayern Munich at home, where I think we were 1-0 up, and Lewandowski pushed Koscielny, uh, and they got a penalty, and Koscielny got sent off for it. And again, it was a horrendous decision, but they're, they're one-off decisions that had a big impact on the tie. Um, but uh, as a whole, uh, I wouldn't include them as a whole, like, horrendous refereeing performance. Okay, well, we'll keep moving on because he's got a few here. Should we lose all our first legs just to make the second legs worth watching? Should we? <laughs> no. What the fuck? <laughs> um, bit disappointed by the mask. It was not worthy moment and a waste of a yellow card. This is MAA Gunner, the heart of the podcast. Uh, if Espina cares about Arsenal, he'd score a shit ton of goal, own goals for us to go through. Can he play? I don't think he can, can he? I'm not sure. I'm not, I think he can. If I, if I had to put money on it, I would say he can. But I'm not 100%. Because I know I, that domestically there's that rule. But I remember when Courtois was at Atletico... Uh, Chelsea said they put that clause in the contract and UEFA said we don't give a fuck like so our competition is our rules oh, well there you go you probably will play them uh, what was you going to say Shane? I've seen some confusing stuff on, on Twitter that, that I think it was uh, the guy who writes for the standard I forget his name uh, who covers the Arsenal he said um, that Arsenal have to get because of the reason that Tony so, mentioned that, we, that UEFA doesn't have those, those up, same rules twin, shut up you cut out. You cut out. We couldn't hear you. Okay, do you hear me now? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> You're so rambling on this bloke. All right. <laughs> Go, mate. Okay, I'll, I'll start from the top. You might have to edit that bit out. So what I what I saw on Twitter was, was a bit confusing because I think someone who writes for the standard mentioned that Arsenal will have to give permission because of the reason that Tony mentioned that UEFA doesn't have the same rules as the FA when it comes to loans. Um, the, the the club can seek permission from from the parent club, so I'm not sure what that quite means. I'm not sure how that quite works out, but that's just something I came across. So I thought I'll share it with you guys. I, I think, uh, if I remember rightly, that 
Atletico were going to ask Chelsea for permission and Chelsea said they were going to say no and UEFA said don't bother, it's our rules. Um, and he ended up playing. So I don't know if, I mean, obviously the UEFA rule supersedes anything else. Um, so I think, I mean, I think also the Premier League are bringing in a rule that they can play. Uh, I'm not sure if that's in fully yet or it's coming in next year. Uh, but as I said, I'm not 100%, but if I had to put money on it, I would say that he can play. Okay. Um, why is everyone moaning about Arsenal not offering Ramsey contract? His wages will be too much for us. We're rebuilding as a club, and by the by the fine, we're ready to compete. Ramsey will be retiring. By the time we're ready to compete, Ramsey will be retiring. Retiring. It's it's good for him to make the most of these years, uh, and us for to rebuild. Agree with that statement, boys. I don't. But it's going to be ten years before we start competing because Ramsey's what twenty eight. I don't see him retiring until he's at least thirty five, thirty eight. I would be happy to look if if. At the end of the day, it's not my money. It's not my... Look, I may sit here and moan and go, fucking hell, Ozil's on 350k. What's he bring to the table? But at the end of the day, it's not my money. So if they paid Ramsey 350k, as the rumoured figures suggest, I wouldn't care. And honestly, it, if, he's, if he's scoring you a couple of assists and a, and a few goals you know, throughout each game, are we all worried about... What he was on, or what he would have been on, or would we thinking, oh, he's twenty eight, fuck, he's going to retire in two years? What do we waste that money for? I don't know. How do you how do you think about that, Tony? Uh, look, I always think as fans we get way too involved with what people are earning and what their transfer fees are and and all that shit. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, the only time I think it matters is if it's stopping you from buying someone else. So if we couldn't sign our next targets because Ramsey was earning too much, then you have to start questioning it. Uh, obviously, that's unknown. You're never going to know that. Um, and even if we buy someone and there's someone now and there's someone good, everyone will just go, oh, see, we couldn't have got him if Ramsey stayed. But you, you don't know that. So I think we get too involved as fans. I agree with what you're saying. Um and you're never, as I said, you're never going to know because you can't have your cake and eat it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It was a rumour running around, was it last summer or the summer before that we were struggling to buy players due to our high wages and the money coming in or something through sponsors or some shit? That was another... Uh, Seven million annual rise. Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, that doesn't, doesn't mean much to me, all that shit, but apparently it... Stopped us from buying players. Well, I remember I I tweeted about it in depth and had so many people argue with me that we couldn't re-sign Ozil. This was last January. We couldn't re-sign Ozil, Ramsey, Jack, and sign a Bamiyang and Mikatarian. And everyone, uh, oh, I'm Welbeck, sorry. And everyone was telling me that I'm clueless and I don't know and blah blah blah. And I literally I remember going so in depth and doing the maths and actually tweeting out the maths and. Uh, I'm only bringing up this story because I was right. If I was wrong, I'd never have mentioned it again. Um, <laughs> uh, again, obviously, it led to us getting rid of Walcott, Coquelin, Giroud. Uh, no, Jack Jack didn't sign. Alexis went. Danny's not going to sign by the looks of things. Ramsey's not signed. 
So, I mean, I'd imagine that it was a big factor. I said I was convinced it was at the time. And, and what's happened since has, has sort of proved that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, what do you put our good form down to? Only a few weeks ago we were playing average football and then suddenly we've become more free-flowing and better defensively. Is it Ozil's return to the squad or Mickey's Mickey back from injury or maybe four of best players playing together, Tony? Uh, I mean, look, Mickey's been exceptional since he's been back. Uh, and to be fair, I thought he was very good when he came on for the final 20 or whatever it was the other day. Have we returned to good form? I know I said this a couple of weeks ago. I'm still not sure. I still wouldn't say Arsenal are on a strong run of form because look, you look at United game and it could have gone either way. We won it. Fair enough. Um, but then we beat Chelsea in January 2-0 in this very similar kind of performance. Uh, you look before that, you can say, oh, we beat Rem 3-0, but we're only classing that as a good result because we lost the first leg. Had we won the first leg 2-0, 3-0 like we was expected to, then no one would be going, oh, look at that result. We beat Rem 3-0 at home. So you, we've kind of made ourselves believe that's good form because we fucked up in the first leg. Uh, Tottenham game played very well. And maybe it's just a case of, We've done very well, Liverpool away aside, against the big teams all season. And maybe that's just, it's just continued that we've played the big teams. Our only recent games have been Ren, Barté and the big teams, who we've done well against anyway. So I, I, would, I can't really answer the question and say what's caused us to be in good form because I'm not really sure we are. Um, although look, it does look a hell of a lot better playing our, what, what I would consider and what most often consider our better players in, in Ramsey, Ozil, uh, playing Lacazette and Aubameyang together. But then we forget that we didn't do that against Tottenham. And that was, again, one of the performances that people think we're, that caused us on, that are making us say, oh, we're back to form. But you say, oh, because we're playing our four big names. But Aubameyang, Aubameyang and Lacazette, one played and then the other one came on for them. Ozil came on with like 15 to go. So I don't know if there's any correlation is basically what I'm trying to say in the longest way ever. Yeah, look, the only, I would, no, it's not really answering the question either, but I would say we're probably more, maybe a bit more consistent than at the moment, Man United, Chelsea, who are behind us, like going into the last stretch of our home games. I'm a bit more confident than if I was a Man United fan, I wouldn't be as confident, or a Chelsea fan, mean- so... I get where you're coming from, but over the last five games, I don't know this, so I could be talking shit, but I'd imagine United have more points than us over the last five or six oh, games. Good good point. I haven't looked over. No, good point. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure they have. But, so then, again, you saying, oh, we're more consistent than them, over what period? Hmm. Over the last week, because we beat them and they didn't, so we picked up three points and they never, but how long do you want it? How long is form? Is and look, it's a, You can't answer this question. But when you say, oh, we're in good form, how long is form? Is form one game, ten games, the whole season? Like, what, do you know what I mean? It's one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no answer. It's how long is a piece of string sort of question. Hmm. Well, I suppose, yeah, I, I've just looked at, I suppose, obviously them losing the FA Cup over Wolves and, and then losing us. So they've lost, obviously, two in a row. But then they beat... They beat um, uh, PSG, so what do you do? Yeah, I mean, and they were beating PSG while we were losing to, to Ren. So yeah, yeah. if you're going to include other competitions, yeah, again, it's, that's very, yeah. It's one of them, as I said, it's the question of form and how long form is and what form is, even. 
Um, okay, Cosmo Buta, Schwinn, I'd like for us as fan base uh, to not fall in the same trap we fell into when we kept trying to find the new Vieira for years. For years. Now that Ramsey must be replaced, that being said, um, and the new Ramsey's squatted aside, what are you guys looking for to fill the gap? Sort of touched upon this, haven't we? It's like beating a dead horse at this point. Yeah, okay. Well, he goes on and says, obviously, is someone were to kick out Chelsea and Napoli for us? Well, we got Napoli, so that's not going to happen. Um, who's Chelsea got? Uh, Anyone? Is it Slavia Pra? I think so, but okay. I'm not sure. No, it's not a tough draw. I think it's the easier draw. Oh, they got pretty easy, okay. Um, oh, did they beat bloody somebody? Dinamo Kiev. Yeah, they played a good game that month. Oh, no, Prague oh, beat Sevilla. Prague beat Sevilla no, no, they beat bloody... Fuck, I'll watch that game. Probably it's there. Yeah, okay. In extra time, <laughs> both legs are 2-2 and they, they, they won the last in extra time. Fucking hopeless. Yeah, I am here. I'm just looking. Riveting podcast. You could just listen to me, I'm right. You don't need to search. <laughs> no, 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 I was looking for some... Chelsea. Oh, they beat. Dynamo Kiev, 8-0. No, no, no. Who's Frankfurt beat Inter? That's what the other one was. Yeah, 1-0. 1-0, okay. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. Set that an hour ago, but yeah. obviously you don't. No, I don't listen to what he says. Um, <laughs> I do, mate. He doesn't. I, I don't feel bad about it, you know. Well, start feeling bad. <laughs> you don't have to console bad. me. Start feeling bad, mate. You're a fucking miserable cunt. Fair <laughs> dinkum. Get on with you, it. I want you feeling bad. I'm trying to. It's fucking thread after thread. Questions all over the joint. Well, let's just go up here. If I missed your question, well, fucking can't fall on the cunt. Vish, do you think Emery will retain this attacking team selection for the remainder of the season or will Ozil and Ramsey fall victim again? Schwinn? Any time you want to answer that, Mike? Very tough one. I think we'll see a bit more rotation, uh, especially <laughs> if we... Well, I wasn't sure whether it was for me or not, but... Well, he said Schwinn. Oh, well, he said fucking Schwinn. <laughs> uh, I, I missed that, uh, my mistake. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough, and I think we're going to see a bit more rotation now, uh, especially with some more fixtures clogging up our, our schedule. We, we might see a bit more rotation. Okay. I was just uh, Tony um, Pierre Emric Abemian Golden Boot says, uh, mate, and Niles in danger if he doesn't find a new position. Ox Chamber left left Arsenal in a large part due to this. Very good point. Um, uh, Chamberlain left because he didn't want to be a wing back. It's literally as simple as that. Um, as I said, I, I think you need utility players. I think most teams have utility players that can do a few jobs. Maybe they're, they're more specialist at one job at the other. But, I mean, I think Liverpool are full of them. Fabinho's played three roles this season. Milner's played at least three roles this season, probably more. Not even roles, defined positions he's played three of. In terms of roles, he's played fucking hundreds. Um, 
So I think you need them players. It's whether he can take being that kind of player that, that is going to play 25, 30 games a season, which he does, which is a lot of games. But it's going to be five games here, two games there, one game in, out, in, out, different positions. If he can handle that, I don't think there's an issue. If he can't, then that's where things get difficult. Okay. Um, Dave Squires, another one on Maitland-Niles. Uh, does uh, does anyone actually rate Maitland-Niles as anything more than a squad yep. utility player? Almost every tackle is a recovery tackle position play, not the not the best. Tony, you rate him? I mean, yeah, look, I, again, is he... He's probably he is a squad player. That that's what he is. Um, and it's difficult to be anything but that when you don't get a run in the team in the same position all the time. It's very rare a player just comes in for one game every now and then and and is good. It's very rare across all of football. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't really know what more. His positioning isn't brilliant, but again, that's a also a symptom of being what twenty one, twenty two, and played four or five positions in his career. Um, I doubt. I don't think he'd ever played fullback until last season, and and then playing wing back this season. He'd probably never played there at all until a few weeks ago. So I don't expect his positioning to be brilliant. I mean, we're we're lucky that he's he's got amazing recovery pace, and he, he seems to pretty much understand the game quite well. And and I think we're also talking about him on the back of probably having his two best games at wing back for us. I think the last two games he's been all, not exceptional, but very very good in both. So maybe it's just a sign of improvement. Maybe he's learning the position. Right, I, think, I think we all rate him, but let's fast forward five years. Where do you see him? That all depends on him. Because as, as I said, if he wants to be a squad player that that still plays a lot of football, when I'm not talking he's going to be an El Nenny who gets five games a season. I'm still talking 25, 30 games a season, which he's done for the last two years, and he's broke his leg in that time as well. So it's not as if he's been available every week. Yeah. Um, he was obviously also just out for four games not too long ago with I think it was an illness or a back injury and a few of us were calling for him like we're missing him because they're not playing Mustafi right back so if he's happy with that then I see no reason why he can't have a very good career at Arsenal mm. if he wants to be someone that plays in the same and this was Chambo's issue he wanted to play in the same position every week and he'd identified that position as centre midfield if Ainsley wants the same be it any position whatever position he chooses then I, he probably won't get that Arsenal. Okay. What about you, Shwin? It's a very tough one because I, I tend to agree with Tony on this. And I think the biggest aspect of Ainsley is that he's learning. I think the last two games are, are testament to that, where he's improving, he's learning the game a bit more and, and able to take on opponents of bigger stature. I mean, if you look at the United game in particular... You know, Solskjaer played Pogba essentially on the left to to try and exploit that that part of the pitch, and and we know how that worked out. Martial again, a very tricky, quick winger, not easy for even the best of defenders to deal with. But I think Ainsley did a very very good good job on him uh, when he came on. I mean, so, someone like Ainsley, I think because he's been bled in in the center of the midfield, he I think he's one of those players that need to be involved, need to be moving all the time. I think when the game becomes a bit passive, which, which happens when you're on the wing, uh, you know, maybe takes him on the blind side and he, and he you know, is then having to make recovery challenges, as mentioned in the, in the question. But physically, uh, in terms of attributes, he has the ability to, to make those recovery challenges. And I think that in itself is, 
uh, is a credit to him. Will he stay at the Arsenal for a few more years, for the many years to come? As Tony said, that's up to him. And obviously depends on who the manager is going to be. But I think he, in the short term, is going to be an important part of the team, especially with Hector Bellerin out. Okay. Um, Sandeep's asking, how many podcasts will you do over the break? It's going to be a boring two weeks. Uh, I can't remember, remember what we did this time last year, Tony. Uh, I'm not sure. I think we've done our ins and outs, but we've already done that during the last international break. Mm. Um, if we the, think of something, it's we topics. might come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're available to do them, but we don't just want to come on and speak about nothing for two hours or whatever. So if we have a subject or or something happens in the world of football that, that we feel needs to be talked about, we'll do it. But we don't just want to come on and just call Tez an idiot for two hours, as fun as that will be. <laughs> <laughs> have we done player ratings so far this season? We haven't, no, have we? Um, no, we haven't. We haven't? No, no, that's one we can do. Um, well, Matty... I mean, look, the, the, the replies to this are going to be transfers, but for me it's way too early. Yeah, no, I can't do transfers yet. Uh-huh. Uh, Maddie, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing a pod this coming week about XG. So if someone's interested, then keep your ears. No one peeled. is interested. Not literally no one worse. on the earth is interested. Really? You're doing a pod on XG. Yep. With who? Darren, the Delhi Gooner. Oh God. You don't even do that shit here. Because no one cares. <laughs> yeah, because you get well. You guys don't care. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to hear what he's got to say just for entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be... Uh, good. Quank, 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 quank. Sure, let, let's, get in, let's get in first and fucking... Let's, so don't, <laughs> don't listen to the Indian podcast because we've got an exclusive here right now for those... No, to be it. fair, <laughs> I've heard Schwinn when he speaks to an Indian person. Let him do it because his <laughs> accent is an absolute delight. <laughs> It's ridiculous. He speaks two different languages. He can be in a conversation with three people, and depending on who he's looking at, he speaks a different language. (laughs) Poor old (laughs) Schwinn. That's a compliment, (laughs) Taz. Is it? Was that a compliment? It's just, it's it's funny. Um, Maddie says, I love the fact that. No, he didn't. He said, Thanks, guys. Love the pod. Uh, he, look, he's asking us to d- dis- discuss a pod or part of a pod on the top four race analysis in detail, match week by week. Maddie, as much as we'd all love to share our knowledge on that, I think, Tony, it'd be a pretty boring one. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. no debate points. I can say I think we're going to, or I think Liverpool beat Tottenham. You can say I think Tottenham are going to beat Liverpool, and then that's it. You just move on. Like, mm. It's not... Do you know what I mean? We can all, everyone can put their opinions out, and look, I think I'm, I know Maddie's not on Twitter, so we we done a thing before where Schwinn found it, where you put in all your scores for the rest of the season for every game for the top six teams, and it gave you a predicted table. Um, we've all done that. I think we tweeted out all the results apart from mine because I said we were going to get relegated because I'm a pessimist, and uh, and and loads of other followers done it and, and screenshotted their results. Um, so we'll try and find a link and, and send that to you but, and, and look at our results as well but I think that's probably about the, the best we can do with that yeah yeah yeah. look so like Sandeep we're open to something mate and if there's a half decent topic or a bit of news going around we will float in um, player sh- ratings isn't a bad one yeah player ratings we might pop back in next week or something for them uh, player ratings they're, they're pretty good 
Um, I thought we'd done them this year. Uh, we done in in out like loan sell keep. Loan sell, okay, okay. Righto, boys. I think that's about it. Unless you just want to add anything else to it. No, just in time for the Liverpool game. No, that's that's what I was wrapping up myself. Uh, you good? You good, Schwinn? Yep. All set. No worries. Righto, everybody. Thank you for listening and thank you for downloading. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and all good podcast apps. You can follow us on Twitter at clockend underscore talk and the podcast also goes out to YouTube. Uh, thank you, boys. Uh, it's lovely chatting with you two, Grubs, and we'll speak to you when we're back, whether it be next week or in two weeks' time. Thanks, lads. Well, just to, sorry, yeah. just to highlight, our game in two weeks isn't until the Monday either, so it would be two weeks and two days. Okay, a couple of days. Right, uh, who is that? Newcastle? Yeah, Newcastle home on a Monday night, under, under the lights. Oh, I don't think I'll be available for that one. Oh, no, how will we go on? Oh, you'll have to go on. But, <laughs> fu- but funny enough, I've been asked to do the um, Ask Brothers. Oh, uh, no, oh. no, no, fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> the Ask Brothers, Ask Brothers podcast. Max, he, he come on a couple of weeks and filled in for Schwinn. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the only one that don't get asked to do anything. This is ridiculous. But well, I said I can do it about eight pm, but I'm probably the boys would be wondering why I can't record with them. So, <laughs> um, anyway, oh, so we'll see. <laughs> okay, um, righto. Thank you, everybody, and we'll speak to you later. Have a good day and good night. Thank you.